Okay, so we got to rush through this show because we snuck away to record while baby Zaya is in there watching her cartoon. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get this thing started. Let's, let's get it going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, yo. Everybody, welcome to episode number 64 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast. Hey, everybody. My name is David Taylor, and this is my beautiful host, Amanda. Hey. How you doing, baby? I'm doing all right. We're back in the booth, y'all. We are back in the booth, as we usually say. And, you know, I have no real good excuse for why it took us so long. I think it's just been, you know, with the baby, um, laziness, focusing on other aspects of the business. Um we haven't really been as consistent with our podcast episodes. And so I do apologize. Um, but I hope to make that up in the content of today's episode. So we're going to have a really information-packed episode today. Uh, Mandy, are you prepared for the ride? Oh, yes. You sure? About time. <laughs> yeah, it is about time. Um, speaking of Mandy, y'all, uh, if you, like between now, our, our last episode, episode 63, and this episode... Mandy had a book come out. I don't know if y'all know that or not, yeah, but yeah. she had a, a book come out um, and it was called Motivated to Stand. Right. Motivated to Stand. So it's like the second chapter of Motivated to Love. It's not the actual little se- second chapter of the book, but <laughs> part two. So it's Motivated yeah. to Love on steroids. That's what I was say. <laughs> it actually covers in depth more than what Motivated to Love does. So yeah. um, if you haven't checked out that book, I actually saw the other day that it made it up to number 53 and the um, best-selling section on Amazon. So it's it's people are finding it, and it's doing well. But we would awesome. like for you guys, yeah. those who yeah. haven't heard or even had the book, check it out. You can go to motivated2stand.com to check out her book. And she has a very wonderful... Number one, you got to check out the cover. It's just off the hook. Um, <laughs> but also, she has a, a journal that goes with the book right. um, that you can purchase with the paperback version of the book or go to Kindle. You can go to Amazon Kindle and just look for motivated to stand or type in Amanda Taylor. Um, and that book should come up. Right. Uh, and if you already have it, make sure and give me a rating and review because yes. the more, um, the more ratings and reviews that I get, the more people see the book. Exactly. Y'all know how that works. So please support her. She did an excellent job with that book. Thank really, you, really Glenn. good book. Really good book. Um, and speaking of books, it's y'all let, let me I gotta okay we're gonna get started in a minute because Zaya is in there watching so I'm not gonna spend a lot of time saying this uh, but my book is is done y'all it is it's done now that is the one I cannot <laughs> wait for you all to get your hands on yeah like okay so real quick my goal in writing this book was not to sell a lot of copies or make a lot of money it was to make a marriage classic thinking thinking of it from this angle when I ask you what book, what's the first book that you think about when you think about a marriage-related book? Most people would say something like The Five Love Languages or Love and Respect, mm-hmm. right? I want my book, and I'll share the title and all that at a later point, but I want this book 
to be considered one of those books that it comes to mind when you think of a marriage book. So that's how I wrote it because there's no handbook on marriage, no guide on marriage. So I wrote it from that angle and I'm telling you guys, it is off the hook. It's currently at the editors. Um, I'm working on the cover design now and I mean, it's, it's going to drop. So proud of you, babe. Thank you, baby. Thank you. (laughs) It's going to drop later this year. So there's a, this, we still got a couple months because we got a huge marketing thing that we're going to put in place, but trust me, you don't want to miss this. So, um, but anyway, Go check out Mandy's book, Motivated to Stand, if you haven't already. If you have, go ahead and give her uh, a review and a rating on Amazon. And be looking out for David's. Be looking out for my book. And for the rest of y'all, let's go ahead and jump right in because we got a lot of information to cover. So today's episode is going to be another interesting one. Um, Today I'm going to talk about a topic that I wish someone would have spoken to us about, Mandy and I, about prior to getting married. And actually, this is a topic that now as a marriage counselor, um, now I spend a lot of time discussing this subject with any couple that I counsel, especially my engaged couples. And By shout the out- way, he just said now as a counselor, but David's been, just to make it clear, he's been counseling for over 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just <laughs> saying like, I didn't get this information when we got married. Right. And you know, now I spend a lot of time with those that I work with and shout out to all of my engaged couples that I'm doing premarital counseling with. I know y'all love me and hate me because, you know, we, the sessions are deep and we spend like nine months going through stuff. So shout out to those who are getting married and and, and doing it the right way. Um, But anyway, today I'm going to talk about a subject and you may have already saw by the title of this episode, but I'm going to talk about how marriage is not about love. Now you probably heard me open up this can a little bit, but I'm going to go a little deeper today. I'm going to talk a little bit, you know, I'm going to use some scripture. Because I know people like to hear this from the Bible. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit from that angle. Um, but this is probably going to be one of the most important episodes to have in your toolkit. So make sure to listen with very few distractions. See, we got the baby out there watching watching her little show. So hopefully she don't distract us. Y'all need to do the same thing. Okay? We'll see. Um, so, so let me go ahead and get started. You ready to, you ready to get started, baby? Yes. Let's go. You sure? Because this is... Hey. All right. Well, let's go we ahead. We live this and breathe this every day. <laughs> Absolutely. We sure do. Um, and let me start by saying this. Most people, and I really mean most people, uh, romanticize marriage. Now, I know that sounds like an oxymoron because marriage is a romantic type of relationship. The but, idea of it, at least. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So most people romanticize, like Mandy said, the idea of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I know we were very guilty of this. Probably Mandy more than me, but I'm not, y'all, y'all didn't hear that from me. Um, <laughs> But see, prior to, getting, prior to getting married, uh, we looked at marriage as this fantasy land where things just naturally flowed. Marriage was the mythical land of milk and honey. And we was going to have a lot of milk and honey. Okay, let me keep moving on. Um, we and most people who get married saw marriage as a destination, a place that you arrive at. We saw marriage as a place where when you get there, everything just feels better. Everything works because you have finally found and connected to a lifetime partner who completes you. Mm-hmm. See, I know this may sound comical, and of course, most people would deny this, but trust me, this paradigm exists. You and your spouse most likely had this mindset prior to getting married, and you and or your spouse may still be guilty of holding on to this mindset. Let me be even more blunt, because I don't want to just stop there. 
There's more. <laughs> Let me be even more blunt. No one gets married with the expectation that it will cost them everything. Ooh. No one gets married with the expectation that they will have to faithfully and intentionally and arduously work every day to make their marriage grow. See, most people get married expecting for it to naturally do that on its own. And don't try to exclude yourself. Just listen. Just <laughs> just be in the moment with me, okay? I know some of y'all is too smart for your own good, but just be there with me. <laughs> I'm joking. I missed y'all. See, I missed y'all. Y'all miss me? Y'all miss Mandy? I know y'all do. <laughs> anyway, let me keep going. See, most people expect for the love that they currently feel for one another to be strong enough to carry them throughout the duration of their marriage. Right? It's almost like the love that they're feeling in the moment, they take a snapshot of it and they expect that that's what marriage is supposed to look like indefinitely. And that usually isn't love though. Yeah, exactly. See, most people fail to realize that love does not keep marriage together. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, most people like Mandy just said, they get married before they even truly understand what love is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get back to that understand concept in a minute. But just let that simmer for a second. Most people, like Mandy just said, you get you get married and you don't even have an understanding, an accurate understanding of love. Or of the right type of love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So think about it this way. If I told you that the next car that you got into as you drove to your next destination has a 53% chance of exploding and killing you and anyone else who's in it, would you take that chance? I wouldn't. What about if I said that the next meal that you ate has a 53% chance of poisoning you? Would you take the risk? If you're honest, like Manny just said, and I agree, you would not take that risk. You would find an alternative way to reach your destination and another way to feed your body. Well, guess what? 53% of all first-time marriages end in divorce. And that includes all of y'all saved and sanctified marriages too, okay? So even if you're in the church, even if you consider yourself a Christian or whatever, that doesn't exclude you from this 53% uh, statistic. This this encompasses all marriages. Mm -hmm. But let me not stop there. So of roughly 50% of the marriages that stay together, only a small percentage of them are actually happy and healthy. Actually, here are the stats. So let's say you got 100 couples who get married. Only about 50 of them will remain married. And of those 50 couples who stay married, only 30% will stay happy and healthy. The other 70% are married, but they're struggling. So you do the math. If 50 couples stay married, only about 15 of them are actually happy. And healthy. That is scary. I know. Think about that for a second, guys. My goodness. So you got 100 couples who get married, but only 15 of them will actually be happy and healthy for the duration of their marriage. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So, so so crazy. So why get married? Right? Why risk the 50% odds of your marriage crashing and burning? Especially when even if you survive, your marriage is more than likely to be part of the 70% that is unhappy and unhealthy. Why would a sane person ever put themselves in such a predicament, right? Just like I would never jump in a car if someone says, hey, this, you know, 50% chance that this is going to crash and burn. I'm good. I don't even need to go. I walk, right? So why would a sane person ever put themselves in such a predicament, right? 
And I know if you've like, if you're like me and like Mandy, like how many people would actually ask a similar question? I know I have, Mm -hmm. right? But yes, there's a giant butt coming, (laughs) but I would like to pose an even better question. And by the way, guys, we had to pause, go get the baby. Because remember at the top, I said she was watching her show while she got bored. So now Mandy is holding Zaya. So you actually may get a chance to hear Zaya on the show because she's going to talk because that's what she do. She's going to be making all these baby noises. So if you hear that in the background, that's that's Zaya. Yeah, that's Zaya. Um, So welcome to the family. (laughs) But anyway, let me get back to that giant butt, right? So, okay, that sounded weird. Zaya, cover your ears. Anyway, so (laughs) I want to pose an even better question. I would like to pose a question that if asked, correctly will actually help fix this broken marriage epidemic. The question that I would like to pose is why? Or to be more precise, why is marriage not working for the vast majority of couples? And why is your marriage, your marriage, you listening, most likely struggling and unhealthy? Like why? What's up with that? See, I want to share with you for the duration. Uh oh, I told y'all there she is. <laughs> I want to share with you for the duration of this episode the answer to this question. The answer by the way is also the solution. So you just might want to take some notes, okay? I'm just saying you might want to take some notes. Now, think about it this way. Let me ask you listeners some questions that I want you to answer for yourself. When you bought your most recent car, how many of you literally got the idea to buy a car or in that same day, walked into the car lot and looked at a car based off of your favorite color and picked that car that same day. No research, no test drives, no comparisons, no inspections, no reviews. How many of you did that? My bet is that most people would say that they didn't do that. Right. What about those of you who went to college and got your degree? Did you just apply to the first school on the map? Did you just sign up for the first major that you saw? What about your job or the house that you currently live in? My bet is that before you made any of the major decisions of your life, you thoroughly researched, vetted, and studied your options prior to making your choice. You knew both the pros and the cons before even coming to a conclusion. Most likely, your final decision, as Zaya is echoing, Most likely, your final decision wasn't just made off of a spur-of-the-moment feeling. Now, the reason why most marriages end in divorce, and the reason as to why your marriage is most likely struggling and not healthy, is because of three things. Three of these things that whenever you made a major life decision, you used, right? But for some reason, when it comes to marriage, we don't use these three things. Most likely... The reason why your marriage is struggling and unhealthy is because either you, your spouse, or both of you guys lack these three things. These three things are knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Now, I didn't say anything about love or passion or romance or attraction or finances or sex. I didn't say any of those things. I said knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Now... This is where I get to preach a little. Now, I want you guys to turn in your Bible to Proverbs 24, 
verse 3. Now, really, seriously, I want you to, or you don't have to turn in your Bibles, but just listen. Here's Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4. And it says it this way. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. See, knowledge is the foundation of everything because knowledge is information. And understanding comes second because to understand something is to comprehend the knowledge that you have gained. Then wisdom comes. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is taking what you know and using your understanding of that information to enhance your life or someone else's life. That's wisdom. You might have to listen to that a few times, y'all. <laughs> that's some good stuff. Well, let's keep going. If that's good, mm-hmm. this gets even better. All right. Hosea 4, 6 says it this way, and everybody quotes this. So I'm going to quote it, and then I'm going to break it down a little bit. I'll exegete it slightly. But Hosea says it this way. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thou, thy children. Now, before you get afraid of this scripture, let me let me say one thing about it. It's, lot, it's a lot deeper than it may initially seem. See, ignorance is a choice. Ignorance meaning the lack of knowledge mm-hmm. is a choice, right? For most couples. Right. Because like Zaya... She's ignorant in a lot of things because she is a baby. So she did, she, she, she hasn't learned or acquired the information or even had opportunities to acquire the information and her brain is still developing. But for y'all adults, right? Y'all brains ain't developing no more. You've been to school. You've graduated. <laughs> so if you have ignorance, which means the lack of information or the lack of knowledge, that's a choice. Um, for many couples, you got hell at home but you drive past the bookstore on your way to work. You spend hours fussing and fighting only to find solace in social media, not in a marriage enhancing resource. For many of us, we simply reject knowledge. So this scripture in Hosea is really saying that God can't help you with what you don't know. He's saying that because you reject knowledge, you can't be a priest before him. So in other words, you can't represent or represent God. See, if you lack knowledge in your marriage, your marriage can't represent or represent God. It won't look like God because it can't. And so it will suffer because it will lack the very thing that it needs to survive, God. And furthermore, Skip to this other section of the scripture. God will also reject your kids. Now, this is what it really means. This is saying that ignorance is generational. See, if you are ignorant in your marriage, your children will more than likely grow up to perpetuate your ignorance in their marriage. Mm -hmm. We did it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm a victim of, and I say the word victim, of divorce. My mom was married and, four, and divorced four times. So the lack of knowledge in her marriages went down to me. <laughs> I never saw a healthy, happy marriage. So I didn't have information that I could apply and Mandy understand. Had the same thing. Mandy yeah. had the same thing, right? So we were victims. Oh, oh. so that was Zaya saying she's not going to be no victim, y'all. 
she just preached to y'all. Y'all better get that. Zaya said, I'm not going to be no victim. You're right. You're right, baby. You're right, baby. (laughs) But think about that. Like if, like if you lack knowledge, your marriage can't represent God and your kids will most likely be victims of your ignorance. So it makes sense then if you think about it the right way, why most marriages are suffering. Most of us got married ill-equipped. We got married hopeful, but ignorant. We were in love, but stupid. Okay? Don't get offended. Just get out your feelings. Because we were, we were very ignorant. We were we very sure stupid just means a lack of knowledge, by the way. We, yeah. we didn't have information that, you know, the information that we have now. Right. So let that sink in for a minute. Just let it marinate. Yes, we are. Especially with this new one over here. (laughs) Hey, boo. (laughs) Ah, ah, I hear you too. But anyway, let that sink in for a minute. Now, remember I said earlier that the answer is also the solution. So let me briefly shift gears to focus on the solution inside of the answer. This will be especially important for those marriages who fall in the 70% category. You know, the category of married, but unhappy and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Let me refer to another passage of scripture. Now, this is another what I call principle scripture, by the way. And what that really means is that this scripture can be applied. The principle of this scripture can be applied to any situation that you will ever encounter in life. Right. And that's why most people say that answers to any area of life is inside the Bible. Now, Check out Proverbs 4 and 7. It says it this way. Wisdom is the principal thing. It actually even uses the word principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, if applied to your marriage correctly, what the scripture is really saying is that wisdom has to be the main thing. Wisdom or applied knowledge. There's that knowledge word again. Wisdom or applied knowledge has to be more sought after than even love, sex, or finances. And understanding needs to be your top pursuit. Now, most people don't get married seeking to better understand marriage. Actually, most people get married thinking that they have all or most things related to their spouse and related to marriage already figured out. I was extremely guilty of this. I mean, we went into marriage. We, I, I still remember this. After, literally after the wedding ceremony, when everything was, dust had settled, we had got back to the hotel that evening. <laughs> Zaya, you wasn't, you wasn't around then. So you won't, you won't, you don't know this story, baby girl. But when we, when we were in the hotel, I remember us literally locking hands and praying for couples. Like we, we immediately thought because we had gotten married that it was now time for us to give what we had. Boy, were we ignorant. <laughs> we we weren't even aware we of the, the Yes, I remember that. Uh-huh. I'm we, shocked because you usually don't be remembering. Yeah, I remember that. And and we weren't even aware of the ride that we were in for. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But but again, like most people don't get married seeking to better understand marriage. And most people get married thinking that they have everything already figured out like us. And like I was recently in a pre-marriage pre-marriage counseling session with a client. And this is an interesting story because I shared with him something that caught him off guard, you know, and I usually what I do is, you know, I'll spend time with both individuals and then I'll split them up. And in this particular session, I was with the male fiance. They both fiancés, but male and female. So I was with him and I said that 
I said to him that the best thing that you can do to prepare for your marriage while you are engaged is to begin the process of thinking like a husband. I mean, and he was confused and promptly said, I don't even know what that would actually look like. Like I I wouldn't even know where to start to begin thinking like a husband. And you know what, though? He's not alone with this. He's not alone with this whole uh, confusion behind the understanding concept of things related to marriage. As a matter of fact, from my experience over the last 15 years, and even dealing with this myself, most husbands don't understand how to think as a husband. All they did was take their single mindset with them into marriage, completely unaware that to be successful as a husband you have to actually start thinking like one and not just like a regular husband, but a healthy husband. Right. And this is just the tip of the iceberg as it pertains to the concept of getting understanding. As a matter of fact, there are many aspects of marriage that you should be getting understanding for many. And I don't have enough time to go through all of those things, but I just want to cover seven areas briefly Um, and these are seven areas that are, that's imperative for you to begin the quest of knowledge for. And these are seven areas that most people already think they have figured out until they get married and all of a sudden they start to fail and it shows your ignorance. See, failure shows the gap between what you know and what you don't know. And so it's important to fail because then it'll show you what you don't know. Um, so these seven areas, I just want you to kind of list them down. And then I'll I'll have something for you guys to do in a minute. So let me go over these seven areas. The first area that is imperative to get knowledge about is marriage. How many of you studied marriage, literally studied the history of marriage, the concept of marriage, like how marriage, how successful marriages work, how unsuccessful marriages work? How many of you studied marriage before getting married? How many of you scheduled a session Not with the therapist, which, by the way, you should have done with the premarital counseling. But let's say, how many of you actually met with a divorce attorney? Because you know what? Divorce attorneys know a lot about marriage and a lot about what what marriages, uh, what makes marriages fail. How many of you guys went and just like you did with your car, right? The car that you bought, you went and you looked at the competition. You looked at the pros and the cons and you did your research and location, driving mileage, gas, fuel efficiency. Like how many of you guys did that when it came to marriage? My guess is very few, maybe a percentage of a percentage, half of a half of a half a percentage of a person would have done this. How many books on your bookshelf? helps you to actually understand the concept of marriage, right? And how many of you guys did that process prior to getting married? Most people didn't. What about conflict? Conflict is the second area. And these are just seven, but they're like, like they're more, but this is just another area. Conflict. How many of you guys actually study effective conflict resolution? Mm. Not just for like married couples, but in general. How many people have actually studied and had like, you know, a course on conflict resolution, mediation, right? How to effectively uh, deal with the differences of individuals. How many people did that? How many of you guys felt like, you know what, conflict is one of those things I'm not good at arguing and, you know, dealing with the difference of opinions. And so I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to take me an e-course. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go communicate with people that can actually enhance my skill set in this area. 
How many people did that prior to marriage? Most people didn't, and they still don't. They can have 10 arguments in 10 minutes and still don't go out and find resources to enhance their ability to deal with conflict, right? Like most people run away from it. Yeah, most people will fight, flight, or free. Flee, (laughs) free. Fight, flight, or freeze, right? And so think about that. What about communication? That's the third area that I want you guys to think about. How many people actually studied effective and healthy communication skills, like how to listen, minimum encouragers, looping, you know, how to hear beneath the surface. How many people have actually before marriage said, you know what, I'm going to go take this 15 uh, credit course on communication skills or this three week seminar or whatever, three week seminar, it's a long seminar, (laughs) one week, the one week, uh, you know, training course on how to effectively uh, communicate with individuals. Like how many people, how many people do that now? Now, my guess is that you you will constantly, I won't say constantly, but in, in most unhealthy marriages, there's a constantly, constant communication mishaps. But how many people are taking the time instead of complaining and believing that, you know what, well, we're not meant to be. How many people are instead saying, you know what, let me go get this book on communication skills. Or let me go, let me, let me speak with people who appear to have this communication thing mastered. Let me study, listen to effective communicators, orators who know how to communicate, who know how to express a point and understand a point, who know how to effectively listen. Let me go ahead and spend some time doing that. Most people haven't and they don't and they won't. They reject this type of knowledge. What about intimacy? Did you know that there is not just one type of intimacy? There are actually six types, maybe even seven types of intimacy. Did you know that sexual intimacy is only one form of intimacy, but there are more like financial intimacy, recreational intimacy, social intimacy, intellectual intimacy, emotional intimacy? I actually did a podcast on these before, uh, but think about it. Like most people go into marriage focused just on one form of intimacy. They lack knowledge and understanding so they don't have wisdom around the other areas of intimacy. Think about that. That's the fourth one. Let me go to number five. What about you? Yes, you. Y-O-U. Like, how much knowledge do you have of yourself? Mm. Now, most people will say that they know themselves very well, but then they, they will become or do certain things that are outside of their character and not understand where that comes from. Right. Most people haven't spent time alone with themselves to deal with the trauma of their past. And so they are broken and then they bring their brokenness into their marriage and break their marriages with their broken selves. I'm a witness. Yes, me too. Like I was, I was not aware that I had daddy issues. Like I spoke with another client um, and like he did not even, he believed that, well, if, if I made it through it, I'm okay. I don't see how me not having a healthy father figure and not seeing a healthy model of marriage, how that's affecting and impacting me and my relationship now. And we had to have a long, like hour and a half session on the connection between your past self and who you are today. Mm. And most people are married because they're looking for closure to their past wounds. But most people will never, ever admit that. Say, you got to have knowledge and understanding of you as well so that you can know who you are supposed to be in marriage and why you got married to begin with. What about your spouse? Right? There's a law of marriage, and I'll talk about that at a later time. But one of the laws of marriage is called the law of the pupil. How much do you know your spouse? Now, I mean, no, like yada, no. The no that Adam had when Adam knew Eve. And that's deeper than sex. Yeah, I was about to say, it was more than sex. (laughs) More than sex, y'all. 
right? How much do you truly know your spouse, the inner workings of your spouse? Do you study them? Do you research them? Do you know them like you know yourselves? What most people probably do because they don't know themselves. Okay. Uh, so do, do, how well are petty. you at under, yeah, I was a little petty, but it's true. How well are you though at understanding how your spouse is, why they are, what they like. And when they hear something what that you say, what do, why do they hear that? Like, how well do you know your spouse? How well do you understand your spouse? Right. Most people did not take time to know anything beyond their favorite color, their spouse's favorite color, their favorite candy and favorite movie, right? And that's about it. Most people didn't take the time to know their spouse, that yada level of knowledge, right? That's six. Number seven is love. Like I, like I said earlier, most people don't even understand love. And that there are different types of there love. There are different types of love. And they don't even understand the different types of love. And they don't even understand and even know what, each type would look like and how to apply them effectively in their marriage. Most people still believe love is an emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And when I'm saying love, I'm meaning unconditional love inside of a marriage. Most people believe that unconditional love inside of a marriage is is an emotion. Or they feel like it's impossible. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Or it's just too big of a task to do. So maybe only God can do that. I can't do that. Right. How much time have you spent studying love, literally studying love. Who is love? Why is love? How do you love? Right? How can I love when I'm angry? I've had couples in my office where they will literally admit that when they're angry with their spouse, they can't love unconditionally. I appreciate the honesty, but how does that impact your marriage? Right? So these are just seven areas that you have to have knowledge in. Seven. There's a lot. There's a lot more than this. This is just the like tip of the iceberg because this is a very in-depth subject. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spend all day and all time because we got this baby over here just looking and just like, uh, y'all gonna finish up soon. Um <laughs> and before she starts singing to y'all, which I'm sure you would like, um, I'm I wanna I'm gonna wrap up here, but I just want you guys to be thinking about this. I, here's what I want you to do. I want to give you guys a call to action, right? Something for you to do. After listening, because I don't want to, I don't want you guys to just take this information and not apply the second step, which is understanding and wisdom. Right. So here's what I want you to do with those seven areas. Remember, the seven areas that I just discussed was marriage, were marriage, conflict, communication, intimacy, yourself, your spouse, and love. And here's what I want you to do with those seven areas. I want you to ask yourself these three questions for each of those areas. Okay. Question number one is this, how much information do I have on this subject? This is a question of knowledge. So for instance, when it comes to something like intimacy, how much information do I have on intimacy? Go to your bookshelf and look, what what books do I have on intimacy on the other areas outside of just sex? Hey, Zay, (laughs) Mandy, show me her. Y'all got to see this baby (laughs) smile. It's so just like... She has no teeth and she's a beautiful smile. And maybe I'm a little biased because she's my baby, but it's just, it is it's so, so amazing. Sorry, we got distracted. I did. But anyway, back to, back to what I was saying. Okay. So this is a question of, of knowledge. What information do I have on this subject? Right. Ask yourself, what information do I have on marriage? Conflict, communication. I want you to see where your knowledge base is, the amount of information that you have. And then I want you to ask num- question number two. What is my current level of understanding on this subject? 
Obviously, this is a question of understanding, right? What do I understand about love? What do I understand about my spouse? What do I understand about myself? What's my personality type? Why am I this way? What is the connection between my past and my spouse, right? What, what do I understand about marriage? And then after you answer that question, because I want you to actually answer these questions, then I want you to ask yourself the third question. Am I applying what I know and what I understand about this subject to enhance my marriage, right? Am I applying what I know and what I understand about the subject? Am I applying that to enhance my marriage? This is a question of wisdom. So with the information that I have about marriage and my understanding about that information, am I actually applying that in my marriage? Right. So underneath marriage could be, you know, the topic of a husband, the topic of a wife and other areas. How do I am I how, what do I understand about being a husband? Remember, I alluded earlier to one of my clients that I said, you have to start thinking like a husband. So what information do I have about how husbands think? And then how do I understand it? Do I understand that? And am I applying that information and that understanding to my marriage? If you are, it will automatically enhance your marriage. If you aren't, you will be able to tell a stark difference. So I want you to go. And I want you to go over these three questions and I want you to answer each and take some time to, you know, de-romanticize marriage. Because the only way to have an honest and accurate perception of marriage is to deconstruct how you currently see it. De-romanticize what marriage is supposed to be. Take time to increase your knowledge so that you can enhance your marriage. And then I want you to feel free to tell us about this journey. We want to hear all about it. Like, so you could actually go to masteringourmarriage.com slash episode 64 and leave a comment. Leave us a comment about your, you know, your quest to gain more knowledge and gain more understanding and apply wisdom to your, your marriage. Or you can also email us directly at info at and if you have questions, we would love to hear those questions. If, you, if you've if you been gaining information and, and, and growing, we want to hear that as well, right? And in our upcoming podcast episodes, we're going to be preparing you guys for something big. And I know we talked about that earlier. My book is coming out. So we're going to be preparing you for that because we, it's, it's, trust me, this is something that's groundbreaking and I can't wait to share it with the world. So be on the lookout for those episodes. You definitely don't want to miss out. And as a matter of fact, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave us an honest rating and review. Um, but you can also do this, guys. Guess what? We are now on Spotify. Yes. Yay! We're on Spotify. And so go to Spotify and follow us. And that way, whenever there's a new uh, podcast episode, you get updated. And that way you can stay up to date with everything that's going on. Um, because at the end of the day, guys, remember this. It's up to you to help us break the back of divorce. You guys can help us share these messages and give these messages to those who need it. Um, And we definitely will appreciate and love you guys for that. So, Hey, we're going to wrap up here. Love you guys. I hope this information uh, was good and effective and useful for you guys. We go go take care of of, of baby Zaya and apply this information. And we will talk to you guys in our next show. Love y'all. Deuce, deuce. Deuce, deuce.